I am so excited for today's expert series. You have no idea. And I'm staring at the reason why right now. We've got Alex here, but we've also got his book. So I'm talking with Alex Brookman today. He's a entrepreneur, an author, and a business coach who works with businesses to really achieve their exponential growth. He's co-founded and founded really successful startups, and it's really fueled his passion for coaching and consulting, which is what we're going to get into more of today. But his book, Secrets of Next Level Entrepreneurs, is a really practical guide that simplifies complex business concepts and really provides actionable steps for entrepreneurs to achieve success. So, We're going to get into the trenches today. I'm not sure where this conversation is going to take us. We were just talking before we kicked this off here, like our days have been a little bit strange today, but we're going to just see where this energy flows. So Alex, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me, Jamie. I'm excited to be a guest today. Cool. Cool. Well, I, I really would love to hear like for you, what has it meant for you to find your purpose? And we were just speaking about your wife, right? And how she is building this fashion brand and wasn't sure for the for a large portion of life really what she wanted to do. So I'm curious, like, how has this affected you like for yourself finding your purpose, but also the ones who are around you? When we start talking about purpose, I have to admit that this is a topic that I've personally been struggling with for the biggest part of my life because I couldn't quite get my head around the concept because it was often mixed up with the topic of corporate purpose. Um, As a consultant, do you have a lot to do with these topics? So it's not that you just wake up and you know your purpose. That's just not what happens. It takes a lot of soul searching, at least on my end it did. And um, I still struggle to formulate what my personal purpose really is. So I try to figure out how I can lean into the topic without making it sound too generic still. And um, what I figured out is where my passion truly lies. And I hope that this is something that I can at some point in time really formulate into a concise sentence, if that makes sense, is to really try and live my best life. As simple as that might sound, it, it turns out to be really difficult. Um as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a mid-40, as a, as a first-time father in, in your mid-40s, the challenges that life throws at you, they don't always allow you to live your best life. That's what I thought, at least. But So, so I, I figured, just lean in. You can't do anything anyway. So lean in and try to live your best life. And when it comes to business, of course, there is a, a defined business for my, uh, sorry, defined purpose for my business. But talking about my personal purpose, that is really about spreading joy, living my best life, and thereby inspiring others to the same. And that might have contributed to how my wife, which you just mentioned, shifted her perspective on what she wants to do for a living from being a state-employed person in the finance ministry (laughs) to a fashion brand founder, which is kind of both ends of the extreme on a spectrum. So I really hope that by living my values, I inspire the people around me and it might have contributed to her journey as well. Definitely sounds like it. I feel like you're living by this example and that has got to have something to do with what inspired you to write your book, right? Getting this message into the hands of, of more people. I'm curious, like what did inspire you to write it and what do you hope entrepreneurs will take away from it? I think what makes this book different compared to many other books targeted towards entrepreneurs is the fact that we're completely going beyond the superficial hustle culture, 
super successful, ultra rich successful. We're actually trying to get down to the bottom of a few concepts that are often being thrown around and no one really understands them. We're just pretending that we do because we don't want to look stupid. So we're, we're taking these concepts apart and, and figure to figure out what it really is. What is the actionable advice in a certain topic that helps others get their head around the topic of business strategy, culture, leadership, self-care. So we're, we're figuring out what is it that I as an entrepreneur, for example, really need to know when it comes to strategic pricing in our current times of high inflation. When we wrote the book, we didn't really know whether this inflation issue would be around still when the book comes out. But it seems to be very, very timely. And this is just one example where we dissected a blur topic to distill the essence out of it to give you guys actionable advice. Yeah, I love that. And now you've taken like really complex topics and yes, narrowed them down, made them simple. I'm curious, what was like the most shocking? I don't know if I could call it a discovery, but what was the most shocking like realization that you had from doing more research and like putting this book together that you would like to share? I put the book together with a group of contributors that I truly admire for their subject matter expertise. And I think the most shocking revelation for me was how I myself kind of complicate things sometimes where they really aren't complicated. And I'll give you a specific example. The third theme of the book is talking about self-care. How do we as entrepreneurs create life balance and get over this weird concept, outdated concept of work-life balance, but just life balance? And, and Teresa Quinlan contributed a brilliant chapter with a lot of really great examples that help me personally to understand what life balance actually means and how misguided my own thoughts around that topic was, were. It's interesting because when you have it in front of you, her chapter, and you read it and you go through these exercises, it was just like light bulbs going on everywhere. Like you're making this too complicated. Just go down to the most simple, the most basic question that you can ask when it comes to what gives you energy in life? What takes energy in life? Why are the things in your life in the first place? Is it by design or by default? Who told you that these things are important for you? Did you choose or did anyone just parents, circle of friends, social pressure kind of make these a part of your life? And that was really, really powerful. Was it design or was it default? That's oh really my God, it, so much default yeah. um, in our lives that we sometimes don't even realize it's default unless we take a closer look. So I'll give you an example that might resonate with a lot of people out there. I always wanted to become a dad, at least I thought so. And it was really hard to see my life continue and not being a dad. So at some point in time, I abandoned my wish to become a dad and it resurfaced at a moment where I didn't expect it to resurface. So now I am a dad and I'm super happy that I am a dad, but I have a lot of friends who by design decided they do not want to become parents. They don't want a family. And that was really difficult for them to defend this decision against friends, talking with their parents about it, that all of a sudden realized, hey, I won't, I won't be a grandparent. Maybe never ever. So there is a lot out there that we think we need to accomplish or that we feel we need to live up to or roles that we should fulfill or, or hats that we should carry that just don't fit to what's inside us, what we really want. And I think for an entrepreneur, 
there is nothing more dangerous than trying to fulfill other people's expectations and not understanding why you do what you do and what it really is that you want to achieve. And the reason for that is simply a day has 24 hours. And it's not about money. It's about time. It's about what you give your attention to. And if there is something in your life that you think you have to give attention to for whichever reason that you, in fact, do not give attention to, it will make you feel miserable. Whether you like this part or you don't, whether you want to become a parent or not, imagine you feel the pressure that you should become a parent, but you really don't want to. So you avoid the topic wherever you can. You don't become a parent, but it still makes you feel miserable because it's in your life and you feel you should. So cleaning this up is extremely important. And this is just one example. For an entrepreneur, there are many more. So then how would someone go about cleaning it up? Because there's, there is, there's a lot of social pressures, there's family pressures, and someone might feel like they don't want to lose someone specific in their life. So how do you go about cleaning it up? So first of all, I think most people overestimate the negative consequences that living up to your own values really has. People around us, especially friends and family, most of the time respect us for what we want. And if they're really friends, they will actually support us in what we want. They won't judge. They won't be there. They will be there. They will, they will listen. They will help us make sense out of things. And so that's the first thing. We overestimate the negative consequences of being for real and living up to and speaking out about what we want. Then how do we actually clean it up? Well, the first thing is awareness. We need to create awareness about what's in our life that should not be there because we didn't invite it. It came into our lives by default. And then it's about accepting that these things are there without beating ourselves up for it and not judging. It's it is just there. It just is. And then the third step is action. Make sure that you define what you want in your life and what you can let go of. And if you do the soul searching, and if you, for example, I think by writing things down, because when I read them afterwards and they make sense, they also make sense in my head. So I realize whether something doesn't make sense, whether there's a hole in my argument, whether there is just something I haven't explored yet. And once you've done that work, it will be very easy for you to tell people why. And people generally accept. Most people are nice human beings. And if there is someone in your life that cannot live with that decision, they might walk away. But this is their decision, not yours. And I'd rather see someone walk out of my life because they can't live with the decision that I made than living my own life in a state of misery for eternity because I try to live a life that does not resonate with who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is powerful. And I'm curious how you would take this into if we if we shifted to like more of the entrepreneur side and building a successful business. I I already see just in speaking with you like you also take your words when you're speaking them and and take them down to the very simple elements like those three steps very actionable very simple so i'm curious how would you go through the lens of entrepreneurship and building up a business with the same topic in mind i try to relate it back to just a few years ago when i uh, transitioned from the business that i led in europe and i let the business go and went uh, with my wife um, to canada we moved here and i started to build a new business and at that point in time i realized there is a lot of groundwork that I need to do that I almost had forgotten. I had to do this groundwork when we built that business 10 years ago, that other business, but now I'm basically back at square one. And 
what I really need to do is to take one step at a time without rushing it. I know how it can look like because I was there already, but there is just no, no good comes from rushing these things because you will make mistakes or oversights that will be very expensive down the road. Give you a very specific example. About one and a half years into building my new company here in Canada, I realized that I have not done enough work on really defining who my ideal client is. And that term has been around for a long time. It was a concept that I never really had to care about because it was totally clear for my previous business who the ideal client is. It was, it was fully defined. I could not build this business, this new business, without answering this question anew. I just took it for granted that my ideal client is the same client avatar that it used to be. But it's actually not. And I have not done this, this deep thinking, this work of figuring out um, who it should be, what type of businesses I want to serve. So the consequences are everything that you do in terms of marketing is just money down the drain. Because if you don't speak to the, your ideal client, if you don't know where to find this ideal client, you're just wasting a lot of money. Um, and it went, it went down to something so simple as what is it that you put on your website? Because that is a communication tool and it needs to speak to the people that you want to serve. As a, as a consequence, I had to redo my website twice and that was expensive. So this is a very specific example of where you need to be very clear on building a business by design versus just by default. And the financial consequences, in this case, seemingly small consequences. It's not like I lost a billion dollar client, but still... It is a consequence and it, it is something that requires additional time, additional effort, ad additional money. I agree. I feel like it's those little tiny things that if they don't build a really strong foundation, everything that you build after that is like destined to crumble and you're going to have to restart. So you might as well just take the time in the beginning to make it feel right. So I'm curious, like, how would you go about building a strong marketing or messaging strategy that really resonates with this target audience that you're speaking about to increase sales and really attract properly, especially online. So I'm not a marketing consultant. I don't have a very strong opinion on what people should do when it comes to marketing their business or messaging. I can only speak from, from my own experience. And what I realized is that it's not so much about what you think your customer wants to hear because you might not necessarily be your ideal client. So it's really difficult. Fi just find the right words, find the right methods. What it would really help me is reach out to people that know where to find the information and how to actually niche down, niche in. And that was that were probably some of the best money I've ever spent to work with, with a niche expert that helped me understand, first of all, you're not necessarily your ideal client, Alex. So don't assume you know what that client needs to hear what they what they are looking for what they're searching for so it shifted my perception about approaching the entire topic of marketing in a big way yeah that's huge and it's important to definitely have the right people in your corner every step of the way and so then i'm curious like leaning in on your strengths i know on your website you're really big right we're talking about about making sure that your messaging on your website's dialed in so you say the business impact that you want is just a few strategic tweaks away so i'm curious like how do you know what tweak to make next <laughs> actually it's not me it's it's not me that needs to know what the tweak is that's the difference between a consultant and a facilitator a consultant comes in and tells you based on their knowledge what they think you should do. The problem that comes with that is if it goes wrong, you blame the consultant. 
because mm-hmm. it was their idea in the first place. So there's no ownership and accountability in it for you. And I've been working with some really big businesses and really global brands in a completely different way. You don't go into the boardroom of a Fortune 500 company and tell them what to do. That's not what they want to hear. They are the experts. They've been in the industry for decades. They know exactly what they need to do. My job as a strategy facilitator is not to tell them what they should do. It's to create the space where these conversations can happen and then help them to distill the essence out of it. So it is about helping them make the tough calls, the tough decisions, and helping them nurture an environment where these conversations can fall on fertile ground and then grow something exceptionally. And when you grow something exceptional, this only happens when you are really, really clear on your key priorities. When you have a patch of land and you throw, I don't know, 5,000 different seeds on that soil and just let it grow, you will realize that not all of these 2,000 will survive, number one. Number two is, yeah, you're diluting your focus. You are taking the resources that these crops need to grow and spread them too thin. So your trees will grow slower. The, the weeds will grow taller. So you need to be very specific what to nurture, what to focus on. So if you, if you want to grow apple trees, there's just no point in throwing plums into the ground. So, and, and sometimes it's difficult because we like plums. What, what about if these plums grow faster than the apples? Wouldn't that be cool? We could pivot to plums, but that's not the point. You need apples. That's what you decided. So making those tough calls and then aligning your entire organization around it. That's what my job as a strategy facilitator is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious if you have guiding questions for yourself and your own business that really help you stay focused and connected because it's easy as entrepreneurs to want to bring the plums in. You know, we get that desire to want to go after different things. So how do you remain focused? A few years back, I decided that what I really want to do is, is going to take time and that I needed to stay the course even when I don't see the end of the runway. And that that means sometimes that you're going through really tough times because it's easy to, to be optimistic when the party is going. But when you're trying to create the party, you're anxiously waiting for the first guests to show up. And for an entrepreneur, that can be a long wait and it can be a mentally draining exercise. And it's just also, it, it links back to mental health. How strong are you in your convictions? And how long will you be willing to hold these convictions up? Because you know it's going to work. And then you find a way to make it work. So I promised myself that I would give myself a few years. And as you probably have heard many times, every overnight success has been a decade in the making. So if you're not willing to invest years of your life and, your, and a lot of money, into what you will want to build, then don't. Then just don't. Because if you are only in it for two or three years, and if that's not enough, you've burned a lot of money. And even worse, the mental fallout that comes with it, the beating yourself up because you apparently didn't make it. At least that's what you tell yourself at that point in time. That's a tough call. So entrepreneurship is not for everyone. I don't say you are either born an entrepreneur or you're not. That's nonsense. But you need to be very, very clear when you start that journey that it's not all smooth sailing. That is for sure. It is not for the faint of heart. That's that's so true. And I'm curious, like on your journey, like your growth oriented mindset, like I'm curious how that's evolved and shaped. I mean, 
have you felt like it's always been there or like how has that evolved through your journey of growth? That is a very interesting topic, actually. I was always extremely hardworking. That was in my upbringing. My parents were hard workers. My grandparents were hard workers. My mom had a small business. So I knew from the get-go what hard work looks like, and I never had a problem with it. I actually loved it, and I still do. But you can work very, very hard and not get anywhere because you're just building something that no one needs. If you build steam machines nowadays, that's a tough job. That's a lot of work, but no one needs steam machine anymore. So focusing on different questions was really essential. Rather than asking myself the question, how can I work harder? I needed to ask myself, what is it that I don't know that prevents me from reaching the next level of success? And then embracing what I don't know rather than running away from it. And that was difficult for me as a younger. Um, my younger self would rather run away from an issue than embracing learning and development to better understand a topic. I would rather have a, a strong conviction and a strong opinion about something that I don't know anything about rather than giving myself the benefit of the doubt and allowing myself to dig into a topic, learn and grow. So that has shifted, apparently, I would say to a large degree, thanks to an environment that I landed in after business school, where executive education, learning and development had an important role, where I got some tough feedback from my coaches and trainers and also from my peers and bosses that allowed me to do some soul searching and, and eventually understand that it's not about what I know. It's about what I'm able to ask. So it's not the knowledge, it's the question that brings you to the next level. This is really interesting. I'm loving this conversation, by the way. I'm curious, okay, if you were in my shoes right now, what question would you ask yourself that maybe I don't see right now? Why did that slide out break in the first place? And I'm talking about your motorhome, right? So, um, yeah. and and it's it's not about it's not about how can I fix it because fixing it there are people that can fix it. You, you don't need to know how to fix it. You need to be able to avoid that it breaks down again. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not really understanding the root causes to be able to repair it. It's about understanding the root causes in order to avoid this from ever happening again. And if you translate this concept into a business, if you once you lose a client, you can fix that. You can try to win that client back. But the question is, why did you lose that client in the first place? And what does that mean and imply for how you conduct business? Mm. So this is the difference between a virtuous cycle where you reach a new level by reflecting and understanding what went wrong and reshape how you run your business versus falling into panic mode, trying to fix it. And once you've fixed it, continue business as usual until something breaks again. Mm. And then again, reacting in panic mode and fixing it. So the, these concepts are super interesting to understand. That's not my invention. So uh, credit to the, to the owner. It's about really understanding how can I use what I know today to ask the questions that will help me grow in the future rather than how do I use my knowledge today to fix a problem until it occurs again and then fix it again. Yeah, it's a much less reactive way to handle things and you're just you're ahead of the curve. That's really it's really interesting that you say that. Did you did I tell you before that it broke for the second time? No, you only told me that your slider is broken. <laughs> See? Yeah, for the second time. So that's really interesting. I'm, I'm going to really reflect on that because I can see that in a connection in even business now. And I'm curious how you would bring this into building a team because it's one thing 
you know, for, for me to have this awareness and be able to really reflect on that for my actions. But what about a team and other people? And even I'm looking at my fiance right now over here, like how do you help others get on track with that mindset? First of all, the easiest way to help people grow is by showing them what's in it for them, not by telling them, but showing them what's in it for you. So when you want to convince someone that it's all about embracing a different mindset, help them see what was in it for you. You, you can't just tell someone to embrace a growth mindset. It, it just doesn't work like that. But when I remember back, for me, it was like, how on earth did they come up with that question? Where did that question even come from? Why were they able to ask that question? Because I, at that moment, had something completely different in my head. But I saw in other people what a, what a growth mindset and a learner's mindset can create. And I wanted to be able to do the same or something similar, at least. And I... I I'm not kidding. This has been a 20-year journey for me. And I, I remember how difficult it has been in the beginning to allow myself, because you have these intuitions and you don't listen to them. They are there. And these are the moments when you're like, yeah, I had that feeling. Why, why was I not able to formulate that feeling and actually just acknowledge that it's there? That's the first step. Without even trying to formulate it into words, acknowledge that there's a weird feeling. And then doing something with it, pause, reflect, what is that feeling? Where does it come from? It's been decades for me to become really growth-oriented and, and, and having that learner's mindset. If you want to help your people, your team to grow in that direction, the, the easiest way is to show them how you do it and what's in it for you, how you learned to embrace such mindsets rather than just telling them, show, show me and I will understand. Yeah, that's huge. And I think it goes back to the what we started this episode with of being that example, right? Sharing through experience and allowing them to just make those decisions for themselves. I think that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then looking at your book right now, and we've got the 11 powerful lessons to thrive in business and leave a balanced life. What do you feel? Now, I know there's a reason there's 11 of them, so I'm curious, I'm curious that number, but then also what do you feel has been like the number one? And I know we, I asked a different question earlier of like, you know, but I'm curious now, like what was the number one that you feel like really catapulted you to a whole new level in life and business? What was that one for you? So the number 11 is simply because there were nine authors plus me and I wrote two chapters. That's how we arrived at number 11. That's very simple. When when we think back where this book originated, and it was a three-day business summit with more than 40 speakers that I invited. And the ones that landed in the book are the ones that when you read the book cover to cover, you understand the threat, you understand the story, but you don't have to. It, the book is totally self-sufficient in, in reading. You can just put it out of the shelf and read a chapter about strategic pricing if you're interested in that or about how to lead teams through times of disruption. Or if you want to know how to resolve conflict in a, in a faster and more sustainable way, read that chapter. So it is a book that has just a ton of gold nuggets in each of these chapters that were contributed by these brilliant people. So for me, I've read the book probably 10 times at least in the editing process. So there, there were so many, every time I read a chapter, I was like, oh, have, have I read this before? Interesting. This sounds like as if it was, as if it was new. And especially these very um, down-to-earth practical examples that are in the book, for example, when it comes to resolution, I'm not the best when it comes to conflict resolution. So 
I learned a lot myself just by reading these chapters time and again. And I promise you, if I pick up the book tomorrow and start reading, I will find something new. Oh, and I love how you brought in so many other talented people just to make this well-rounded. And it's neat that it's become such a powerful resource for yourself. To hear yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't believe in, even if I have a learner's mindset, I know that I will never reach the same level of ex expertise in a topic like strategic pricing, like Amman Simon. He is the world's foremost expert in this topic. Why should I write about something that I don't understand to that degree, why not just bring someone in and learn from the best? That's why I've loved having conversations like this on the podcast, because it brings so many fresh perspectives to the table and just it just makes my day. So on your journey, I'm curious, like, was there a specific book or a resource, you know, before writing your own that you feel really shifted the trajectory of, of your life? I love it. Yes. And it came that. out very timely in 2008 when I finished business school, when I graduated, Marshall Goldsmith um, released What Got You Here Won't Get You There. It's probably one of the most powerful business books that are out there. And it I've revisited the book many times since over the past 15 years. And it is a book that, especially when, when you connect it to what I said earlier about embracing new ways of thinking and allowing yourself to listen to your intuition and not just work harder and harder and harder, but understand what got you here won't get you there. That really helps helps you to um, lean in and embrace the start of a journey that hasn't ended since I started it. So becoming more growth oriented, embracing a learner's mindset time and again, being vulnerable and not seeing it as a, as a weakness, but rather as a strength because it allows you to tap into other people's knowledge and wisdom. All these things probably started when I read that book. And honestly speaking, Marshall is one of my absolute heroes and he will contribute a chapter to my new book. He just um, endorsed my upcoming book that comes out this this fall, and trying and, and and just you know when you when you see how these things all of a sudden come together and you go full circle in your life and in in, in this journey of wow. discovery of who you are and what you want to do in life, that's just beautiful. That just gave me goosebumps. I will be ordering that book as soon as we get off of here and. Without having read that book, I, I knew the quote and I recognized it. And when I was making, gosh, it, it had to be two coaching programs ago when I was thinking about exiting, you know, the one that I had been in for about a year, my mindset around making this next investment was what got you here won't get you there. And so now like you bringing this in full circle, it's, it's powerful. That story is incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have any like final words, anything you would like to leave the audience with that's coming up for you right now? I think this might be a bit off topic, but the fact that um, when you look back where I started three years ago with a completely new business at the start of a pandemic, when you take into consideration that at that point in time, in January, 2020, my dad passed away from terminal cancer. Two weeks later, my son was born. Then the pandemic started and we moved at the height of the first wave from Germany to Canada. When you take all these things together and then starting a new business on top of it, that felt extremely crazy already in the moment. But looking back, I asked myself how I how I really made it through. And I channeled all this, this, this experience and, and the reflection that with the help of a friend came afterwards into one of these 11 chapters in the book. And I think personally that I'm not the strongest person on the planet, not mentally, 
not physically, but it showed me how incredibly strong you can be if you want, if you don't have an alternative. And I think for any entrepreneur out there hearing this, even in those moments when you feel you want to just give in and throw everything out, just ask yourself why you do what you do. What is it that you want? What is it that made you start your business in the first place that can help you through some of these dark times? So I, I felt, I saw what I was capable of and I completely lost my fear. Yeah. There is no fear anymore in me, like the future. I, I, I mean, of course there are these you know, concerns that you have. What happens if my son gets sick or if he breaks a leg or you know, these things? But when it comes to business, if you put things into perspective, first of all, it's just a business. It's not your life. So don't identify your, your, your personal identity. Don't, don't confuse it with the business that you built. And second of all, if we as human beings can survive so many adversities and, and really, really big issues, then you can live through a dark time in your business as well and, and find your way through it. I think if, if that's one of the things that I want every one of you out there to take away, it's this. Mm, thank you so much. And where can you be found? And please feel free, talk about your book and where, where everybody listening can pick one up. <laughs> Depends on where you live. So <laughs> if you live in North America, Secrets of Lex Neville Entrepreneurs is available everywhere where you can buy your books. You can order it um, in your favorite bookshop or just buy it off of Amazon. It's available as a hardcover and as Kindle. It is available already in the rest of the world as a Kindle. The hardcover is just finding its way uh, across the globe. So for example, if you live in Europe, the book will be out um, in May in the UK, in Germany, and all the other European countries. The easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn or on my website, alexostrategist.com. Or if you dare to write my name, it's brookman.ca. So go for alexastrategist.com. It's easier. <laughs> There's tons of free resources on my website. Um, I write a lot on my blog, leadership development about strategy design, but also about personal growth topics that I hope will inspire you. And one last question that now is just coming to mind and I've got to ask, what is next for Alex? <laughs> I'm writing book number three right now. Um, mm. So number two comes, uh, the, the book I mentioned earlier is called The Strategy Legacy. It comes out in the fall. It's currently being produced. And I'm writing on book number three, which will come out hopefully in 2024. Um, contributors include Marshall Goldsmith, Sun Yin Xiang, and some other really amazing and inspiring people that I'm very grateful to have connected with and to write a book with. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next and to read more of your books. And I'm just so grateful to have been able to connect with you and to have you on the show today. It is why I do this. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Appreciate you.